So we had an amazing men's retreat a few weeks ago. We had an absolute blast. And I was kind of thinking about this men's retreat and last year's men's retreat. And I was thinking about how last year I was so much more tired than I was this year. And there's several reasons for that. The first reason is that last year I shared a room with two guys who not only talked in their sleep, but they talked to each other in their sleep. I don't know how it's even possible. I thought they were just really being rude, having conversations during the night, and I realized they were both completely asleep, but they were responding to one another in their sleep. And of course, it made no sense. You know, one of them would say something like, dude, why'd you take my canoe? And the other guy would be like, how else was I supposed to give birth? You know, I mean, it just, it made no sense. But here they were going back and forth. Now, I know you guys are dying to know who these two guys are, but there is a code among brothers that basically states that I cannot say anything to reveal their identity from the stage. So I'm just going to stay quiet on that whole issue there. I would never want to show you guys break any confidence. That's just not a godly thing to do, I don't really think. And so just so you guys are aware of that, I got your back. But uh, the other reason that I was probably more tired last year than this year was because this year I had a broken thumb on the retreat. I was not able to do much. I tried some one-handed softball and some one-handed volleyball. Uh, Aside from that, I wasn't able to be as active. The year before, I did everything I could until I was straight up exhausted. I actually left the field halfway through the day and went to my room and took a nap because I was so done. The sun had baked me. I was exhausted. I was shot. I basically had The life sucked out of me from softball, football, whatever else we did. I can't even remember all that we did last year. So I was just done. The life was sucked right out of me. And I want to just ask you a question this morning. You ever ever had the life sucked out of you, so to speak? You ever feel like, you know, maybe not out on a field and the sun was baking you, but just life's been kind of baking you lately? You ever feel like there's a situation in your life that sort of has the life sucked right out of it? It's almost like it's as good as dead. Like maybe there was a dream that God had, had placed in your heart, or at least you thought he'd placed it in your heart, and you realize that that dream sort of has died since you first kind of felt like God maybe put it there. Or maybe there's a relationship in your life that kind of feels like the life has been sucked right out of it, like it was good once, and what happened? I don't even know. Maybe there's an area of your heart. It just feels like it's kind of been dying, maybe from some disappointment or some difficulty or pain. Maybe your relationship with God feels like it's sort of in trouble. It sort of just feels like, where's that excitement and that passion and that joy I used to feel? Maybe a job or a schooling opportunity that you had that you were really excited about, you got into it, and you're like, wow, this is terrible. Or the opportunity just sort of has disappeared. You're like, man, the life kind of got sucked out of that. Maybe you have a friend that you've been reaching out to, trying to share your faith with a little bit, and it seemed like that was going well, and they were starting to maybe be interested in Jesus, but... That's kind of gone backwards lately. You think, what happened to that? Maybe it's a health issue. Maybe, if you're honest, you've been going through it so long, you've just stopped asking God to do anything about it. So I don't know that there's so many different areas of our lives where it can just kind of feel like the life has been drawn right out of that place. And I just want to ask you a question. What in your life are you asking this question about today? God, why are you letting this die? Why are you letting this die? probably different for each of us, but, but we're probably all going through it in some area of our life, aren't we? And it's so important that we discuss this because despondency and discouragement and disappointment can set in so easily when it comes to God, right? We begin to think about these situations and scenarios in our lives, and we just, sometimes we just become hopeless, sort of really quickly. And so today, I want to talk with you about that area of your life, 
And I certainly have some areas in my life where this is true right now. And here's what I want to help us do. I want us to all take a step forward. And that's going to mean something different for maybe each of us. But see, the first thing I kind of want to help you think about this morning is that maybe God is able to breathe life into what is dying in your life right now, okay? So that's sort of the first thing I want to encourage you with. But there's another thing I want to encourage you to maybe think about, and I hope this doesn't shoot the hope in the foot because it's not meant to, but we're going to see here in the passage today that there's this balance that's really important to us. So on the one side, for some of you, you're going to leave today and you're going to feel, wow, God wants to bring life to that area of my life that's been dying. Now there's some others of you that I want to help you maybe also realize something. Maybe God let an area of your life die on purpose. Maybe an area of your life actually has had the life sucked out of it for your good. Now I realize these are kind of like opposite things I'm talking about here today. Some of you are going, no, 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 I need the life put back in it, not the life sucked out of it. But what if for some of us, and this is just going to be some of us in the room, God actually let a situation die on purpose for our good. And if we could see everything that he sees, we would actually thank him for it. Now, we don't see all that right now, right? We don't see all that up front. But if we could see it, we would actually say, God, thank you for letting that situation in my life die for my good. So we're going to spend some time today working through that. And and this might be something you have to pray about for a season. God, do you want to breathe life into what's been dying? Or did you let that die on purpose? And so I want to help you kind of step through that here as we look at some verses here today. Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus, we're so glad that you're here. You're you're always welcome here. And uh, we just hope that today as you listen along, maybe you'll think about some situations in your life that kind of feel like they've been dried up and maybe died a little bit. Or or maybe you're, you're thinking about yourself today. Maybe you're thinking, man, I just feel so hopeless or like God could never want me like I'm the impossible situation in my life. I'm the common denominator in my life that sort of just feels like, what do I do, and, and where do I turn, and, and I, I kind of feel like, God, I don't even know if he would want to even have a conversation with me. I don't even know if he'd want me to approach him and, and ask him questions like, God, do you want to do something in my life? Maybe that's where you are today, and so I hope you're going to find some encouragement here today. So two weeks ago, before Pastor's message last week, we started a series called Imagery, and we're going to continue that series here, and imagery is descriptive language, right? It's these word pictures, And the Bible's full of them. The Bible's full of all these really cool word pictures that we get to sort of think about and try to understand. And today, we're going to look again at Ezekiel. We we started looking at Ezekiel two weeks ago. If you remember, if you were here, Ezekiel was a priest, and he wrote the book of Ezekiel almost 600 years before Jesus came. So we're talking like 2,600 years ago. And Ezekiel was going through some terrible things, and his nation was going through some terrible things, and we're going to talk a little bit about that today. But they definitely knew what it was like to feel like things were dying. They definitely understood what it was like to feel hopeless and feel like, God, why are you letting this die? And in the midst of that, God gives Ezekiel some hope and some really cool word pictures that we're going to see here today in Ezekiel 37. And so if you guys want to open up your Bibles, you're more than welcome, or a Bible app or something like that. Like I always say, just don't play Angry Birds. And uh, we're going to have the verses up on the screen. So Ezekiel 37 verse 1 says this, The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. So this is imagery. This is something God is showing Ezekiel. It's a picture. Okay, now I want you to close your eyes for a second. Everybody just play along. I promise nobody's going to go through your purse or anything, right? Close your eyes. 
I want you to think about what we just read and picture a valley of dry bones. That's all that's in this valley. It's this big, huge valley, and all that's there are these dead bones. All right, now open your eyes again. You, you thought the Bible was boring, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty intense imagery here. Just a valley of dry bones. As far as you can see, left to right, all you're seeing is dry bones. Now, what do the dry bones represent? What's the imagery here? What's the picture? Well, a couple of things. See, here's what we have to understand about the imagery in the Bible. Often, it was kind of about several different things and sometimes even several different time periods, okay? So Ezekiel is seeing something and God's trying to say something to him about his day. But it's also about our day. And it's also about the time when Jesus would come. And so we're going to kind of understand this hopefully here today. And so the first thing that these, these bones, this valley full of bones represents, is the nation of Israel. Okay, now don't fall asleep on me because this is, this is actually really powerful. This is pretty cool stuff here. The, the nation of Israel was torn apart. Just imagine like a full healthy body, okay? And just imagine that full healthy body being torn apart and sort of the bones being scattered. That's the image that God's giving Ezekiel. He's saying Israel is like this valley full of dead bones. It used to be this healthy, strong nation. But in 606 BC, some people came and took some of the Israelites and brought them to Babylon. And so some of the bones were kind of spread out. And in 596 BC, They took some more, and Ezekiel was a part of that one. Ezekiel was taken from his homeland to Babylon. He was captive there in exile. And then in 586 B.C., Nebuchadnezzar rolls into Jerusalem, destroys it, and takes all of the survivors to Babylon. So just imagine this happens in America. I mean, just think about that. How crazy would that be? Imagine some some people from another nation coming and taking many of us to their nation. And imagine 10 years later, they did it again. And imagine 10 years later, they destroyed our nation and took every remaining survivor. That's what Ezekiel has been through. That's what his people are going through. They are representing these dry bones, these bones that have been all spread out. Now, it's more than that, though. It's not just then. It's also a picture of your spiritual heart and my spiritual heart apart from God. It's a picture of us dead and stuck in our, in, in our own inability to save ourselves or rescue ourselves. And, and now, it's, it's definitely about Israel. It's definitely about our spiritual condition. But just listen to me here. You ready? I also, today as we talk, I want you to think about those, those dead bone places in your life too. Okay? Now, there's no doubt that what Ezekiel is seeing wasn't necessarily referencing your exact situation today. But just like there's a valley of of bones that represents Israel and a valley of bones that represents our dead spiritual hearts apart from God, I want you to see what God does here in this story because I think he may just be able to do the same in your story as well. And so let's look a little bit further in verse 2. Ezekiel sees more. It says, He led me back and forth among them, among these bones. I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. Okay, now, I don't know if you ever heard that, that saying, bone dry. I don't know if this is where they got it, okay? But what Ezekiel is trying to say here, and this is a little bit graphic, but what Ezekiel is trying to say here is these bones have been laying out here for a while. There's no meat on these bones. These bones didn't just die. They've been out there. They're, they're like getting dried out. The sun is baking them. They're, they're going to turn to dust eventually. They're just this, this dry, broken 
bones like laying out there in this valley. And again, this is the nation of Israel and feeling just hopeless and so dry that they have no hope apart from God. This is your spiritual condition and my spiritual condition apart from God, dry and dead. And maybe some of you are feeling this yourself right now, your specific situation, the relationship, the job issue, your relationship with God, your, your heart that feels like it's being torn apart, just feeling hopeless, feeling dry. Then he says this in verse 3, he asked me, son of man, can these bones live? Okay, so God is asking Ezekiel, can these bones live in this imagery I'm giving you? And then Ezekiel says something so powerful. I said, sovereign Lord, you alone No. Guys, this is so big. This is so important. We miss this so often. Ezekiel gives God such a great answer. Because here's what Ezekiel knows. God could make any dead, dry bones live, right? Ezekiel knows that. But he says, well, God, you alone know. In other words, it's up to you. In other words, God, that's in your hands. God, that's your call if you want to make these dry bones live. And this is so important for you and I. Here's the, here's the question I think we have to ask God as we look at this verse. God, you know that area of my life that just feels so dead, feels so dry? God, I know you could make it live, but God, is it your will to make this area of my life alive again? God, are, do you want to put that dream back to life in my heart? Do you want to put this career opportunity back to life? Do you want to put that relationship back to life? God, I know you could, but God, did you... Let that die on purpose? Or is it your will to breathe life back into it? See, today, we got to be willing to dig deeper in God and not just sort of walk out and say, well, I heard a message about some bones. That was weird. We have to be willing over the next season of our life to dig in, say, God, there's a spot in my life that is falling apart. So either breathe life into it or show me, God, that you let it die on purpose. But don't stay where you are today, okay? Take a next step. When I was in college, I dated a girl. She loved Jesus. She was nice. She wanted to be in ministry. And my junior year of college, all my emotion for her went out the window. And I broke up with her, and my friends came up to me. Doug, you sure you should break up with her? Of course. She's not worthy of me. No, I'm just kidding. So I'm totally joking. Um, And so I, I, I just, but for the next season, I'm just praying, like, God, you know, what's the deal here? Like, is this right? Is this wrong? Is this me? Is this you? Like, what's going on here? And I just felt over time that God killed that on purpose. God killed that relationship on purpose. And obviously the best was still yet to come in my wife, Kelly. And so that was a situation where I really believe God killed something that wasn't necessarily bad. It just wasn't what he had for me. And so here in the midst of this message, I just want to ask you, have you been sort of just assuming that God was going to put something back together that maybe God knows it's not best for you to be back together? And so, again, I want to lead you to maybe it's, an, it's a tense thing. It's, it's, a, it's a healthy but difficult conversation some of us have to have with God today. God, here's the issue of my heart. Are you wanting to bring this back to life or are you wanting to say, no, 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 I let that die on purpose? And Ezekiel's answer is so powerful here. Then verse 4, God responds. So Ezekiel gives a great answer, then, then God responds. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, Hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. Now remember, this is imagery, okay? This isn't physically, literally happening, all right? But the imagery here, God is saying, okay, 
Ezekiel, I, I love your answer that you know that's up to me if I'm going to bring it back to life or not. But I'm telling you, I'm going to bring that back to life. I'm going to bring these dry bones back to life. Now, what does it mean that God's going to do this? Well, for Israel, it meant that he was going to bring all these scattered bones that were in exile in Babylon back to Israel. Okay, And that happened already. That happened in, in 536 B.C., um, in the late 530s B.C., the, the Mesians and the Perds defeated Babylon. And the new leadership in 536 B.C. said, hey, if you want to go back to Israel, go back to Israel. And a bunch of people went back. Over the next 92 years, people went back to Israel. And so in some sense, this has already happened. Now, some people say, oh, yeah, but God's going to do it even bigger in the last days. That's great. That depends on what you believe about end times. Some people think the church is the new Israel. It gets real confusing in the whole deal. But God brought in some way this already to pass. And, and you know what? He did this in your life and my life too. If you've put your faith in Jesus, he already brought the dead bones situation in our life to life. He already said to our dead spirit that wanted nothing to do with him, you will live. Ah, through Jesus' death on the cross, you're going to come to life spiritually speaking. And maybe he's saying to you today, I want to breathe life into that job situation, I want to breathe life into that relationship, I want to breathe life back into that dream in your heart. Or maybe he's saying, no, I let that die on purpose. And that's between you and God. That's, that's for you and him to work out and for you to seek him out. But, but here's what I want you to see before we pass to the next verse. In, in this verse, God gives him an answer. Yeah, I want to breathe life back to these bones, Ezekiel. But then, did you notice what happened? He told Ezekiel to take a step of faith. He said, prophesy to these bones. Now again, this is just a, a, like a, an imagery type vision that Ezekiel's happening, having here, but we got to imagine he's kind of going like, you want me to talk to the bones? And you're like, well, what do you want me to tell him? You know, I mean, I'm going to talk to the bones now? Okay. And so he tells him to take the step of faith, prophesy, speak life. What he's really saying is tell the people of Israel, because they're the bones, right, in the imagery here, hey, it's going to be okay. God's going to take care of you. But he's got to go tell the people of Israel something that hasn't happened yet. And he's got to go tell the people who are basically captive in Babylon, hey, I'm going to, God's, God, God showed me this great vision. Everything's going to be cool. I don't know if you mentioned the bones or not. Might have creeped them out a little bit. But you know what? God's going to do something great. It's a, step, a huge step of faith. What, are you, what if he's wrong? And you know, I just wonder in our lives, if maybe as we approach God and say, God, do you want to, breathe life back into this or did you let this die on purpose if he says i want to breathe life back into it i just wonder if he's going to call us maybe to some steps of faith along the way if he's if he says yeah i want to breathe life back into that relationship if he's going to say but here's what i want you to do i want you to humble yourself and i want you to own what you did in that relationship to drive it apart i want you to ask forgiveness I wonder if you bring your business opportunity to him and say, God, this thing like died. Do you want to bring life back to it? I wonder if he says, yeah, I want to breathe life back into it. If he's going to say, but I want you to practice some extreme generosity. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll come through for your business, but I want you. See that guy over there? His life's falling apart because he's got no finances. His life's falling apart. Maybe somebody you know from work or somebody you see on the side of the road. I want you to, to practice some extreme generosity. Take a step of faith. Bless him and watch me bless you. So I don't know what your story is. I don't know how it's going to play out for you. But sometimes there's going to be a step of faith that God calls us to in the midst of him putting these dry bone type situations back 
to life. Maybe for you, if you have a broken heart, I think this is important. I, don't, I didn't want to miss this. A broken heart, a situation in your life, which has been so difficult and so hard. And you say, God, do you want to breathe life back into my heart? And he says, yeah, I want to breathe life back into your heart. I, maybe the step of faith for you is to share what you've been going through with some people. Get real with some people about that place in your heart and let God use those people to encourage you and strengthen you. How does he tell us? How does he respond to us when he wants to breathe life or doesn't want to breathe life? Well, he's going to speak to us through his word. He's going to speak to us right to our hearts. He's going to speak to us through situations, open doors and closed doors, right? Like for years, I was praying for the, the dealership. It's, it's literally 2,000 feet that way because we're trying to get, you know, sell this building and buy a new space. I was praying for years, God, let us get that dealership. That'd be so cool. That'd be so awesome. And so I would drive by there. I drove around the neighborhood. I used to drive on the lot. They actually put a gate and locked it because of me. I used to drive around the lot. It was just like this empty car dealership. And so I'm driving around. I'm going, God, give it to us. How awesome would that be? Speak to us. Speak to us. I drove down there the other day. It's gone. So I don't think we're supposed to have it, okay? So there's going to be some open, or I just drove around so many times, like the walls of Jericho, it fell. I don't know. But um, there's going to be open doors and closed doors. That sometimes God will show us what he wants to do. But as we're approaching him, God, what do you want to do? I want to bring life to it. Okay, great. Take this step of faith. Or no, I let that die on purpose. Okay, so lead me to what's next. And so verse 6 says, I will attach tendons to you. Again, this is imagery, kind of creepy here. And make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I'll put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I'm the Lord. So God was going to bring the nation of Israel back, so to speak, by doing this. He's done this for your dead heart and my dead heart. Verse 7, this is crazy, right? So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together bone to bone. All right, close your eyes. I'm going to reread that last line and picture it, okay? There was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together bone to bone. All right, open your eyes again. Can you imagine what that must have looked like and sounded like to Ezekiel here in this imagery? How many of you guys in the room, just be honest, how many of you guys have surround sound? Come on. Even if it's just like the one bar. All right. All right. You have surround sound. Nothing more manly than good surround sound, right? About once a year when my family is not home, I blast the surround sound to the volume that I wish I could always watch movies at. And after it's over, I spackle the walls because of the cracks from the glorious sonic mess that I just made. But I just imagine as loud as that could be, that was nothing like the sound that Ezekiel must have heard in this vision. Verse 8, I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. So can I just remind you that what Ezekiel initially saw was a valley of what? Of dry bones, right? Not a valley of dry bones and skins and tendons, which is disgusting. It might make me sick, actually, to even think about. But you know why that's so cool? Because God didn't have the skins and the tendons there in the valley, but he still brought those things about, didn't he? And some of us in our lives right now, we have this dry bone situation. It's like, God, like, I can't even imagine how you're going to take all the mess of this and bring life to it. Well, God can bring skins and tendons and flesh on top of those dry bones that you and I might be experiencing in our lives. Then verse 9, then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Can you picture that? 
I mean, if I was there, this is where I like run down the aisle and dive out the window like the cowardly lion in the Wizard of Oz, right? Like seriously? And so this is what Ezekiel sees. Verse 11, then he said to me, son of man, these bones, here we get the, we get the understanding or the description of what this is about for Ezekiel in that day. Son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Maybe this is exactly where you feel like you've been living life lately. Just cut off. My hope is gone. I can't imagine an outcome where this relationship is restored, where my dead heart is brought to life, where me as someone who doesn't know God could know God, where the business could actually work out. I just, I don't, my hope is cut off. Verse 12, therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. My people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. Now, God, again, did this for Israel in 536 B.C. He will do this for us one day physically. He has done this. I love the imagery here because this goes way beyond. I mean, we're talking about dead people coming back to life, no? You and I, dead spiritually apart from Jesus brought back to life. When we physically die one day, spiritually and physically brought back to life. But look at the last few words there. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. In in this passage of Scripture, this is the second time that that phrase is brought up. Then you will know that I am the Lord. You know what that means? You know what Ezekiel is telling the people of Israel? And this is so important for you and for me. On the other side of the valley of dry bones is a clear view of God. Just let that hit you. On the other side of the valley of dry bones is a clear view of God. On the other side of your valley of dry bones, you will see God clearly. Some of you are in the midst of a really difficult situation, and the worst part of it is you feel like you can't see God. But God is saying here, hey, I just want to let you know, On the other side of all this, Ezekiel, you guys are captive, you're in Babylon, you were taken from your nation. I just want to let you know that on the other side of this, you will see me clearly. Some of us are asking, God, God, why did you let that situation die? Why did you let that thing fall apart? What if it's so that you and I can see God for all that he is? Like the most loving thing God can do is give us a picture of him, no? The most loving thing God can do is let us see how beautiful, awesome, amazing, and powerful he is. And so sometimes the most loving thing that he can do is allow us to go through something so that we are expecting and hoping and all of our hope is him and everything that we have is going to be in him. Sometimes I feel like God even waits a little longer just for our bones to be a little bit more crispy, a little bit more dried out before he comes to the rescue so that we can know it was him. So that we can go on the other side of that valley. I saw God so clearly. He says to Israel, when I get you out of all this, when you are back in Israel, you will know that I'm the Lord. And Maybe some of you here today, you've been asking, God, I don't know if I can trust you. Uh, this, this situation seems so difficult, so hard. God, help me to see if you're really there. Maybe if you're not a follower of Jesus, you've been praying that prayer. God, if you're there, show me you're real. And maybe you've been going through some really difficult things. And on the other side of it, you're going to be able to say, I know that he's the Lord. 
I know that he's real. I know that he's alive. I know Jesus rose back from the dead. Man, I used to make fun of people who thought that, but now I've experienced that he's alive and well because that's the only thing that makes sense. He's the only explanation I have to have gotten through that situation that I just went through. So why am I going through this? Maybe it's so you can see that he is the Lord. Verse 14, I'll put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done it, declares the Lord. And so again, 536 B.C., Israelites start going home. They see that he is the Lord. Some people think, end times, God's going to do some cool stuff with Israel. Awesome. They'll see in a new way he is the Lord. But God has done this for you and I by putting Jesus on the cross to die in our place to remove our sins. He's brought our dead heart back to life. And one day he'll bring our, our physically dried out bones back to life when he returns and, and we have new perfect spiritual bodies with lots of hair. It's going to be amazing. But I just wonder, even though this story isn't about your specific situation, even though this story is about the nation of Israel and, and our dead spiritual hearts, have you seen today that our God brings dry bones to life? And I just wonder if in your situation, it's time to bring him the question, God, do you want to bring the dry bones in this area of my life back to life? Do you want to bring the relationship back to life? Do you want to bring this job situation, this schooling opportunity, this financial devastation, do you want to bring this back to life? And if he says yes, then it's time to say, all right, Lord, so what steps of faith do I take? What are you calling me to do? Do I need to apologize? Do I need to apply? Do I need to quit? Do I need to move? Do I need to, what are you saying? And again, he's going to speak to you through his word, through his Holy Spirit to speak into your heart and giving you some leading and direction and peace. He's going to make buildings fall down so you don't buy the wrong church. He's going he's to open doors and close doors. He's going to do what he needs to do in our lives to make that clear as we seek him. And if he says no, He says, no, I let that die on purpose. Then you know it's for your good. As difficult as that is, you know it's for your good. And we've all been through situations. Even if you're not a follower of Jesus, haven't we all had situations that died, and then eventually, like a year or two later, we look back and said, thank God that thing died. Thank God that didn't work out like I thought it was going to work out. I'm so glad it went a different way. Even if you're not a follower of Jesus, you've seen that in your life. And so us as followers of Jesus in the room, we got to be able to say, okay, God, even though I don't get this right now, and maybe you're letting this die on purpose, Lord, I know on the other side of this is a clear view of God. One of the ways that I feel like I've seen this work out in a really awesome way is years ago, there was flooding up in Prattsville, New York, and some of us here in the room went to Prattsville for a week, and, and we helped to rebuild this town. I mean, this town was on the edge of this river. The river overflowed, and this town was devastated. And uh, I'm talking like people like literally walked out of their house and just left, just moved to another state. I mean, just gone, just left. You, it was crazy. You'd, heart, you'd walk into a house. There'd be toys and, 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 you know, all kinds of stuff, just clothes, all kinds of stuff just left and all flooded and nasty and muddy and gross. And, but here we, here we were, and, and this town is having their, their, their dead bone, you know, situation here. And we're there, and we're talking with the pastors. We're rebuilding, and the pastor told us this story about this one lady who became a Christian after the flood, after everything went 
crazy in her life, through that difficulty, through that hardship, through the love of Christians coming and rebuilding this town and sharing the love of Jesus with her, she eventually put her faith in Jesus. And, and after she did, the pastor said to her, okay, well, we're going to baptize you. Where do you want that? You know, we'll come up to the church. We'll get a tank and do the whole deal. And she said, no, I want to get baptized in the river. He said, why would you want to get baptized in the river? The river just destroyed our town. She said, yes, but if the river hadn't destroyed our town, I never would have seen who Jesus was. And here we are, some of us in our dry bone, dead bone situations. And on the other side of it is a clear view of God. And so if you are a follower of Jesus today, it's time to come to God and say, God, you want to breathe life into this? If you do, what step of faith you may be calling me to? God, if you don't want to breathe life into this, help me to see why you killed it and that it's for my good. And if you're not a follower of Jesus today, this, this picture, this, this imagery we have here today is to speak to you and to speak to me about the fact that we're dead apart from Jesus. I'm not trying to scare you into a relationship with Jesus. I'm trying to show you the, the, the truth that there's a Savior, one who wants to give you and me life. And he got on the cross in your place and my place to, to make that possible. And so if you want to put your trust in Jesus today, and I would encourage you to, to pray with me in just a minute, just a prayer between you and God. And you know what? This isn't a magic prayer. It's not about words. It's about trust and putting your faith in Jesus. And the amazing thing about Jesus is, like on the other side of this, you will see a clear view of him. Okay, I'm not telling you today, hey, put your trust in Jesus, and maybe when you die, you'll realize this was all real. No, the great thing about God is that the room is filled with people today that could say, no, he's made a difference in my life. I've seen here and now that he's real, and he's alive, and he's well, and he brings dry bones to life. And so if you want to put your trust in Jesus today, I would encourage you to do that. But let's all remember this week that our God brings dry bones to life. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much, Lord, that we serve a God who is so powerful and so awesome and so amazing. A God that can bring nations back together. A God that can bring dead spiritual hearts back to life. And a God that can take dry bone situations here and now in 2016 and bring them back to life. God, thank you so much that there is, there's no situation beyond your reach. God, thank you that you're able to do all things. And like Ezekiel said, God, we know you could do anything. You could do anything. There's no relationship beyond you. There's no issue of our heart beyond you. No financial, business, job, school. There's, there's nothing beyond you. But the question that we ask now is, God, do you want to breathe life back into you? the situations of our heart, or, or did you let that die on purpose? I pray that that will be the question that, that we Christians in the room wrestle with for the next season of our lives. If you're a Christian, would you just ask God that about your specific situation? Ask him if he wants to breathe life back into it or if he's for your good, allowing that to die. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, I hope today you've seen clearly that apart from Jesus, we are spiritually and physically without hope and life. And we need a Savior, and that's why Jesus got on the cross and suffered and died in our place to remove our sin so we could have a relationship with God. So if you want to put your trust in him today, you can pray something like this. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for forgiving my sin. 
Thank you for loving me. Thank you for wanting me just like I am right here today. God, would you bring my dead heart back to life? Would you show me how awesome and powerful you are?